Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. That's right, real good show. Back with you again uh, for episode number 34, an episode that uh, will struggle through injuries for a good long while, but when it finally is healthy enough to play, it will ride right up to the top of the lineup and look beautiful next to the Sedines for just one week. And uh, we'll see if you can figure that one out. Uh, This is the episode that... Rhymes with tits. <laughs> oh, well, sure. you just kind of gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> but Gyron gets. Yeah. We, yeah. It rhymes with tie-in tits. You two aren't supposed to say anything until I I know. I was about you. to say we, we fucked Yeah, I up. know, but I really wanted to say the tits thing. Should we start again? <laughs> no. I wanted to say the tits thing. Well, I'm Stefan Hack. <laughs> I haven't said who I am. Well, yet. who are you? <laughs> are you tits? He's number episode number thirty-four. I'm Justin I'm Morissette. Justin I'm Morissette Justin Morissette with you once again, of course. And with, and me, with as me as always, as always is, is Justin Morissette. Tits. <laughs> Stefan Heck and John Cullen. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't say yeah, our don't names. Step for on us. our what lines. What the fuck is this shit? Look, I realize we haven't had the band back together Tits. all month long. <laughs> Uh, I'm raring to go over here. We've been separated for a good three weeks You got to keep them separated. Maybe you forgot how it works in the absence uh, of getting things together. No, no, we're doing this on purpose. For the love of God, I just wanted to say the tits thing. (laughs) Okay. Yes, Byron Bits, number 34. Oh, Oh, fuck. Why'd you say his name? (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's supposed to be like a puzzle for the people to figure out. No one was going to get it this month. I'm Stefan Hack. John Cullen. (laughs) Justin Morissette. <laughs> Justin Morissette. Thank you. Uh, toilet flush. Real good show. It's over. One good thing. No. Uh, well, oh, Byron Bits War number thirty-four. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. This is this episode. episode thirty-four? It is. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. We've come a Tits. long way, baby. We've come a long, long way <laughs> together. <laughs> I got Through to the praise hard times you like I should. Gonna celebrate you, Byron. (laughs) We're gonna tits you like we should. Oh, Tubbles singing too. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Tubbles in on the singing for sure. Thanks for being here, Tubble. Podcast dog getting in on the action. Uh, Where are we? Are we doing the thing? Yeah, let's do the show. All right. Should we we thank uh, our our friends? Yeah, let's start with with some real cool things that happened to us. Real Real good good life. Real good life. This is our uh, internet game. Real good life. Good for all of us. Yes. Because what what an experience it was this past Sunday. Yes. Uh, We got invited to uh, watch the Canucks game on Sunday night. A rousing romp over the Colorado Avalanche. 5-1, yeah. the final score. Uh, and we were invited there by listeners of this very podcast. Yes. Toilet employees also. Uh, yep. Real toilet heads. Yeah, Phil Partridge and uh, Brent Sullivan, I want to yep. say. Yep. Um, I think he told us not to say his last name, but yeah, whatever. But whatever. Brent, it's, it's Brent Sullivan. In my phone. S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N. Uh, his phone number my, is 604. It's in my phone as Brent 
Kohler, so you could call him that as well. Yeah. Named after the toilet company. Who provided our Who provided experience. our Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I am going <coughs> to say this now. I'm never going to shit in a non-Kohler toilet again. And uh, if you're wondering, the toilet in my house is, uh, I think it's a Gerber. <laughs> so you're never going <laughs> to shit in your own home. I, isn't, doesn't Gerber make baby food? I think it's, a, it's like a different. It's a conglomerate? Yeah. Yeah. Toilet slash baby food? Yeah. Factory? Yeah. Okay. But that was really cool. It was. It was very great. Kind Thank you guys them. very it's much. It's hard now for me, as a, especially as a non-Canucks fan, to now go to a game where uh, not in a in a suite. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to enjoy it. Well, that. the best part was, uh, and John, obviously you were a big fan of this, was you'd grab a beer from the fridge and then you'd go back and the beer had refilled itself magically. I know. And yeah, I guess they, I guess like they the, pay for that. The fridge kept restocking. I believe it was Martina that was, yeah. uh, that was the... Beer fairy. We yeah. got some Hagen Dazs ice cream for free too. Okay, I, that was I'm not no exaggeration. One of the greatest moments of my life. Yeah, because that we cost sitting, like eighteen dollars. Yeah, know. we were sitting in the box. We had already had free food, free beverages. It's the second intermission. We're having a great time with our friends. The game is good, kind sort of. It's whatever, but <laughs> everything everyone's happy. And then out of nowhere, this beautiful angel, and she was decent looking. I will say, this beautiful angel just came and she said to me. John, I don't know how she knew my name. Would you like some ice cream? And I thought, Jesus Christ, yes, I would. It was good ice cream, And it was great ice cream. Salted caramel, Haagen-Dazs. A lot of people uh, were exploring some conspiracy theories, John, that you were drinking uh, alcohol in the box because you had a bottle of orange juice in your hand. Yeah, now, okay. And it's apparently impossible for a grown man to drink orange juice that's not spiked with vodka. Well... I don't know. I'll like, drink some right now. Exactly. I will. Yeah, do it. Drink do it. it. Yeah. yeah, drink yeah, it right now. Uh, Stefan has some orange juice. He's gonna. He's about to put it in a in a glass. Here's what I'm gonna say. Okay, he's gonna drink. Okay, even better. I uh, I don't know on a scale of uh, unemployed to welfare uh, where our listeners are, but um, I don't. If I was in a suite and I was going to drink a screwdriver, yes. I'm in a I'm in a fucking suite. Do you really think you'd put it in a I'm rocks gonna, glass? Yeah, I'm gonna put it in a glass. The 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 suite had an entire cupboard of glasses. Did they really think that I would empty out half the bottle of orange juice and then fill it with vodka? Yes, they did. That's what they thought, and because they're unemployed, I guess that's what they'd have to do. They don't own glassware. Uh, but no, I well, was just, just drinking straight orange juice. It's easier to shake it up and mix it if it's still in the bottle, right? I. Is that a thing? They probably had a shaker there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think screwdrivers aren't shaking. If there wasn't, Martina could have got one for us. Yeah. So I thought you were going to call her Martini. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. That's a high point. In any case, it yeah, was a great... We had a great time at the game. <laughs> we're off to a flying start so far. I don't drink. I still don't drink. I didn't Alcohol. drink on Sunday. Yeah. I d- yeah. Well, obviously, I drink fluid uh, yeah. to stay alive. Yeah. And Good such. idea. Yeah. I think it's been it's pretty smart yeah, it's say. worked out so far so far i'm still here yeah. so it's good yeah so yeah. it was it a was, great great experience yeah, thank you phil thank yeah. you brent thank you kohler yeah thank you thank you much. former nhl or darcy Rhoda. Yeah. thank you randy because he had some yeah. pretty funny stories too. yes randy what a I, what a guy i honestly didn't even pay attention to the game at all i was just crushing free beers drinking free was darcy Rhoda there <laughs> no but it was like it's like an inside joke right? oh i got yeah, you. yeah you, maybe you missed that eating oh, free that. chicken tenders and uh, oh the white spot sliders enjoying some just yeah, fine company from the folks that were 
there. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was fantastic. And we got Kohler scarves, too. Aside yeah. from that one guy who brought his kids, real downer. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but then we wouldn't have met Finn. Exactly. If That's there weren't true. kids there, Finn wouldn't okay, have Okay, yeah, you're along. right. Everything was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So thank you, guys. And if anyone else wants to invite us to, like, a box for anything. Yeah. Or just, like, any event. Like, Ooh. major sporting event. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to watch your croquet team. No. Well, well, actually, yeah, yeah I do, kind of. Well, should curious. we talk about how people can help the show? Uh, yeah, we yeah, would sure. normally do that I in ways other than giving us tickets to Canucks. Uh, games. Assuming people are still listening, yeah, yes. yeah, that's a good way to help us is to give us tickets to stuff. But we will also accept money. Yeah, we like money. You can head on over to uh, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash real good show, and contribute to the cause there. Yep. Yeah, uh, and some folks have done that lately. Since, uh, do we have new donors? Since last week, we do have a yeah. couple of new oh, donors. I, didn't know that. I would like to thank uh, Eugene Chin. Thank you, Eugene. Oh, thank you. Or as we like to call you in Canada, Eugene Jackson. Thank you very much for helping <laughs> us out. Well, we ought to continue the bit yeah, from yeah. last week yeah. with Keith Smith. Yeah, Keith Smith <laughs> and now Eugene Jackson. Yeah, uh, thank you. But thank you very much, Eugene. That's so uh, so appreciated. Very appreciated. Thank you, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Thomas Cook also. Thomas absolutely. Cook. Contributing to In the Asia known as Weijin Jang. So thank you very much, <laughs> Thomas Cook, for helping us out. The Thomas Cook affair. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, Isn't Thomas Cook like the tra- a travel Agency? I have no idea. I think it is. is. Yeah, Thomas Cook. Are Are they sponsored by the travel agency? No. Get us on a plane. I'll tell you who we're sponsored by this week. Uh, Double Back Wines. Double Back. The only winery owned by former NFL quarterback Drew Bledsoe. Nice. Uh, For former NFL quarterback Drew Bledsoe, owning a winery has been a longtime aspiration that would allow him to combine his passion for fine wine and love of the Walla Walla Valley. Drew returned to his hometown in 2007 to plant his estate vineyard, McQueen, I you know what I'm gonna. There's He's like, from Washington. I yeah I think so. Walla Walla. Uh yeah. There's like uh, <clears throat> fifty more. What is the there. average price of a bottle? I'm always curious about that. These celebrities, how they price their wine. I'm gonna go to purchase. To sign in to purchase available wines, we are not pass. Find this out. Although one of the bottles is gold. To so receive to receive a username and password, please join the list. Okay, I'm gonna. I, is this even real? Yeah. Are we sure this is I'm real? I'm joining Drew Bledsoe's wine website's <laughs> okay, mailing Okay, perfect. List. Well, we will catch up next week <laughs> yes. with uh, First name, Drew Bledsoe. Adolf, wine. last name. Double back. Hitler. <laughs> Company. Nazi. Nazi-co. <laughs> <laughs> mailing address, 123 Germany Street. <laughs> City. Uh, Germany. Germany. Uh, Did Germany use zip codes or postal codes? <laughs> uh, I think... Well, Hitler's is just one. He just wants to avoid all. Be, the, I think it'd be fourteen eighty eight. All the trouble. Uh, and then email Hitler at badguy dot org. <laughs> yeah, definitely an org. Uh, Dave, I'm not giving them my phone number. But this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's date of birth. Uh, like what the eighteen hundreds? Was he born like yeah, the sixteen hundreds? No, eighteen. Yeah, I'm gonna late eighteens. Uh, yeah, Didn't we like look that up one time? Ninety one. Uh, yeah, I think we looked it up last time. Twentieth. Uh, fifteen, sixty-eight. He was like four hundred years old. Yeah. Sure. Uh, how did you hear about Double Back? Um, Nazi propaganda film. No, there's no option for that. Ah, uh, damn. Um, just go social media. That's probably the closest. Yeah, that's yeah. good enough. Uh, join the list. Absolutely. Please enter your state. Pro- okay, fuck this. But rega- fuck you, Drew Bledsoe. Regardless, uh, let's. Speaking of Double Back wines. <laughs> yeah. That was a sports thing. Let's though, technically Double Back. Yeah. To talking about our Patreon donors. Oh, sorry. We yes. kind of went off on a bit yes. of a tangent sorry. there. Thank uh, you, Thomas. Thank you, Eugene. Thank yeah. you, Thomas. Eugene. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, we do encourage you to, to donate to the show, to, to keep it happening, to keep it alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and especially if you're an American listener, uh, American dollars worth so much more north of the border yeah. right Help now. Help us out. And one listener in particular 
heard that pledge, and took it to heart, and decided that there was another way you could help the show, because I do have a listed mailing address on our website, real It is his own address. This, is, not a, a this is a bad idea. Yeah, it's not a P.O. box. It like, was, don't fool yourself. If you show up at this place, <laughs> Justin will be there. Uh, it was, uh, you know, so that people could send us things if they were so inclined. And someone was so inclined. Are we porn stars? Is this sh- our, like, Amazon wish it list? It should be no surprise who that someone would be. That someone who goes above and beyond the Call of Duty at every turn. We got a letter in the mail today that says... I have heard your plea for valuable foreign currency reserves. This should hold you for a few months at the current exchange. Enclosed with the letter, one single American dollar, and the sender... You guessed it. Yerky21. Thank you. So kind of Yerky Lume to send us his money, and uh, we do appreciate it. Let's frame the dollar bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll frame it. Yeah, the first first dollar that anyone has ever sent me. We'll frame it, and then when the dollar goes below 50 cents, we'll. Crack the frame and and sell it. Well, off. we can use it to pay for Justin's yeah. funeral when someone comes to his house and murders him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be great. The dollar will be framed on the wall, and then right next to it, also framed, is like a uh, a hammer that you have to break into yeah, to exactly. smash into yeah, it to in get case the of yeah, in case of low exchange rate, smash <laughs> the hammer. What is? Uh, <laughs> do we have a good any good reviews well, no, this week? Yeah, too, we do. Or? But just before we get to that, who do we? You'd mentioned Justin getting murdered, and I didn't want to lose that right. topic. Uh, who do you think is most likely to murder Justin right now? If we were to say, what are the like Justin's? Like, listeners or? Yeah, or it's got to be you and me. Probably uh, that guy from Ottawa who I just went off on a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, he's yeah. probably close to the top of the you, list. The big rant? That yeah. was a good rant, though. Yeah. It was a good rant, but that's probably... The guy had it coming. The guy that rated you a 9.2 probably wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's probably up there. Uh, Justin's got, like, like, a dark room in his house with, like, newspaper clippings and stuff. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. It's a very beautiful mind situation. Yeah. We talked about that with you and last week. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's come up a lot on this podcast. When uh, you said dark room, my mind immediately went to one hour photo, which I think is worse. Oh, yeah. for, that's worse for Justin. Yeah. A beautiful mind, probably. <laughs> um, there are some other ways that people can help the program. Yeah, though. tell yeah. your friends. Other than murdering me. Yeah, well, that wouldn't help. Well, do you have a will? Do we get no, your sound equipment? That would probably end the show. Yeah. Well, do we get your sound equipment? I, mean, I, I don't have a will at the moment. Okay, so make if, a will, leave your sound equipment to us, and then so some might s- say the show would not suffer. So that means you don't have a way either. No. It's where there's a will, there's a... There's a way. Yes, you don't have But I, there's no will and there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's unfortunate. We can edit what I said out. <laughs> All of this I think out. we probably should do that. Uh, you can tell people, of course, that you enjoy the program, mm-hmm. uh, either you know in person, in real life. That's always good, uh, IRL. Yeah, and John, you always seem to be present or at least yeah. get secondhand knowledge of it when people are talking about the show I was show at a show this week life. and then two people were talking about our show and I heard it. And, I heard it. <laughs> and then I was like... I was been waiting my whole life for this moment, so I pulled out the monocle that I had prepared for this, and I was like, "What? And it Our right show?" Off. And it popped right off. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Beautiful. Uh, no, I didn't say anything actually. Um, but you can also, uh, you know, tell people that you enjoy the show. You yep. can also. Uh, this is not something that I've ever mentioned before, but uh, the number one way to help the show at the moment, especially as we look to acquire more high-profile sponsors like uh, Drew Bledsoe's Double Back Wines. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can just download the episodes. Mm-hmm. We've never mentioned this before, but uh, iTunes changed the way that they tabulate listens at some point last year. If you stream the show through the podcast app, that is not tracked at all. Which is weird. It doesn't count as uh, being a part of our audience when we present metrics to people to uh, sponsor the program. So the number one thing that you can do to help the show right now, 
other than donate to the Patreon campaign. If you don't want to send us money, you can help us make money by just downloading the episodes. Right. Uh, please do that. Yeah, because if you stream it, it's like when I send an email to my ex-girlfriend. It just goes right to their spam folder. It's <laughs> unread. So, exactly. Yeah, so if you could download it, that would be great. That would help. You can also go on to iTunes, of course. And leave a review. Yeah. Did we get any good reviews this week, We Justin? certainly did, and we always like to take a look at them in a segment that we call Review Review. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. Five stars. Disappointed! This is awesome! The worst episode ever. This ep- uh, this review is titled Five Stars, But, Ooh. and it comes to us from Jay Horbe, okay. who writes, The less Stefan and his dumb Twitter people interviews, and more Justin John and insert Canadian celebrity here, the better. Still, five stars. Well, I mean, it's a little unfortunate because of the new segment we were planning on. I mean, should we still go ahead with it? I, yeah, I, I mean, I think because... At least for me, I enjoy both you and your Twitter. I do too. Uh, comments. I think I'm technically a Canadian celebrity. Friends. Too, so yeah, that's what that, I mean, but, basically. Um, but I should be just. I mean, I, I wrote the theme song for it. Yeah. So I mean, everything. I know he, he Jay probably won't like this, but no, we'll just but, go ahead with it. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just do it. All right. Stephens. Twitter. I haven't thought of a name for the segment yet. <laughs> so, Stefan, what do we do in the well, Stefan's Twitter? I just want to say that theme song took me six hours to make <laughs> last night. Because I can't figure out GarageBand. Uh, in this segment, and I actually probably should have thought a name uh, up for it. I did not. That's I guess okay. it's just called Stefan's Twitter Corner. Corner? doesn't really... We're not, we're not in a corner. Well, we're at a Let's circular call it table. Stephen's Twitter, Twitter, Twitter table. Twitter table. Twitter, Twitter table. table. We're at a yeah, table. I like that. Stefan's Twitter table. Uh, and so for this segment, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off a list of my most recent Twitter followers. Uh, just <laughs> in order. Perfect. Yeah. I think it's a great... I mean, we talked about it before. We all thought it was a great segment. And yeah. it had nothing to do with this review. No. Like, this was... This we was had talked before. about it. We had a production meeting. And we, we said, just this said, we're going to power through. thing... Uh, is in no way a direct response to Jay Horbe at all. No. It is absolutely something that we felt was critical, both to <laughs> Stefan's Twitter brand, our podcast as a whole. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a great idea for a segment. Can't wait to hear it. So yeah. so let's go. Stefan's go. Twitter table coming in at number 50. Here we go. Uh well, I don't know. I see. I don't have like numbers next to them or anything. So right. I'm just gonna kind of yeah, just read. Yeah, yeah, just read it. Yeah. Uh, my most recent follower. And an anime at and an anime or and an okay it's uh, and then uh, at hobo spices <laughs> at Mikey Mac at subterfuge one 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 at Delbro forty two <laughs> nice at get- C Bien Rosa oh yeah sexual at T two I zero three nine R twenty four R that's a bot that sounds like uh, a, a I, person this guy sounds kind of cool actually yeah. uh, at Call Me Big Lau. At ASAP Alt Twinkle. What if I called him Small Lau? Uh, I think it's Laura. So, La- what if I called, called her Small Lau? She doesn't really. No, I, I guess know. I could ask her. Yeah, let's. Uh, maybe we'll do that after. At Alex Twenty Two, who, who lists in his bio, he's a student. So, so yeah. I don't like him. Don't uh, care for him. Not at all. great. At Sugar Dally, at Eric W K, 
at Stinkbone. <laughs> okay, that's good. I like Stinkbone because that implies it's either a uh, a long forgotten <laughs> dog bone or an unshowered penis. At so. Tingleberries. Okay. At Jasky Nine. At Lewd Lamb. At Chip Chop Chipper. <laughs> I hope to God that's an actual wood chipping company. Uh, well, no, I don't think it is. That would be uh, really good if it at, was. At Sobe Keith, at okay. A. Robinson, PSU, uh, Penn State football writer. That's a, he's a oh, student, okay. I think. Yeah, at probably. Inner Complex, uh, who's a locked account, so I, I can't. Who cares? Yeah. At Septomin, at Feral Fest 2016. Oh, okay. That sounds like, like a like rabies an event. Co- yeah. conference. Well, it's in Michigan, so. Uh, yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah. At Scooter Alstrom. At Vorp Grit, at Honored Spirit, at Jew Judge. And oh, that's nice. That's J-U, not... Oh, okay. Her name, I think, is Julia Judge. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. She should have thought that through. Yeah, because like When she I, figured people like, were reading it out yeah. loud, that they would be... Yeah. Yeah, or maybe but, it's like Jujube, like Jujuge. Like maybe she... Li- her last like, name could be Juge, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like maybe... She, or she just really likes Jujubes. Julia Juge. Yeah. Uh, Cleo Nestor, at Cleo Nestor, thank okay. you. At Buck Law Scribe. <laughs> uh, at Andrew D6652538. Wow, that's at, very. Sp- is that his phone number? Uh, well, we can try it and see. Yeah, okay. At Rebenjamint. At Pole Bludger. At B. Cooper Vise. At Brenton Auden. Yeah, sounds like a. Tufid Najafi. Oh, okay. At West Chode. Oh, nice. Great name. Good location for uh, the And I'm just going to finish this off. I'm going to skip ahead to one random follower. Uh, I'm going to try and find like a funny name, I guess. At Data Snake. Perfect. Great so, segment. Uh, so that's yeah. good. I didn't do a closing uh, segment. For, I can just look up. Like a closing little, theme? Well, we can just play it again. No, no, no. I got, I or got, I can like drum on the table. I got, I got a song we can use right now. One sec. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Okay, ready? Yeah, sure. I, I muted it. One sec. It's hot blooded by Foreigner. That's right. <laughs> this is solid. I'm fucking pumped. Check in and see. Yeah, hot blooded. Hundred and three. A winning segment, if ever there was one. Yeah, and uh, once again, we'd like to reiterate that was a totally planned segment, and in no way a direct response <laughs> it, to this. It's going to be recurring. Too. Yeah, it, yeah, it will be a recurring segment. Thank you, Jay Horbe, for your feedback. Which, I don't even know how to take that review because for you, John, it's probably encouraging. I guess you're 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 not included in the in the bad part that he doesn't like. But you were included in the good part too. Yeah, I'm in, in the good part, but yeah. I'm also in the bad part. How? What? Why? Because it, I mean, he doesn't say Stefan and Justin and Twitter guy. But it, it is me. I'm there too. I'm asking questions. What do you? T- but so am I. No, no, no. It's specifically me and the idiots that I uh, bring on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah I think he's That's more specifically it. because they're like Stefan's. He friends. wants it to be more of a sports. You're podcast. just always looking for a reason to be downtrodden. I, I'm I'm taking that as I would like less Justin and Stefan talking to Twitter guys and more Justin and John rocking with Canadian musicians. Well, no, but he specifically mentioned me. Yeah, yeah, I was, so. and he spelled Stefan's name wrong, wrong which is yeah. usually a good, Steven. which yeah. is usually a good way to tell how upset someone is. <laughs> They're so mad they can't even say their name right. But he yeah. wants less of me and also more of me at yeah. the same time. Should we yeah. listen to Sounds Foreigner again? Sounds a lot again? like yeah. most of us. Do you want to listen to Foreigner again? Uh, sure. Sure. Should we put it on Justin's computer so it sounds... No, it's fine. All right. 
Oh, I have to. I guess I have to look it up again. No, oh, never mind. You know what? Fine. We can do it. Later. You know, yeah. Well, that'll be the, our fade out. Song. I closed the, the tab. That'll be our so. fade out. So yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's It'll fine. get everyone revved. But you know what? It's my uh, favorite song about being hot blooded. We talked about <laughs> about the download numbers. <laughs> Mine too. And yeah. uh, Jesse Farrar, say what you will about the guy. Uh, some people do not appreciate his segments <laughs> at all. Uh, I happen to think they're great, but he moves the needle. Our most downloaded episode. You're talking about when he steps on a scale, right? Of the last uh, several <laughs> I figured you were talking about it. I thought that was a heroin reference because <laughs> his segments are so bad that he turns to drugs <laughs> after they're over. He, he, he promotes the hell out of the show. He does. And our we and get his episodes get, yeah. get massively downloaded. Yeah, so, we get the bronze yeah. hammer bumps. If there's, if there's one thing I know about Jesse, I associate massive numbers with him. <laughs> That is both referring to how much he weighs and how much the earth shakes when he moves. <laughs> and how big our listens go up when he comes on yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, you don't have to give him a positive one. I want to, though. Oh, he's okay. nice. He is very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's fine. A, he's a nice man. He's a, he's a yeah. dad. For coming on this show. Is he a dad? He's a dad. Someone fucked him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, he does look like the love child of, like... Leonard Malton and a ventriloquist dummy, but yeah, he's I a ventriloquist dummy. No, Jesse's, Jesse's <laughs> I've literally never met this person in my life. Jesse's I guess adorable. none of us have. Yeah. <laughs> he seems great. That was, like kind, that was kind of mean, I think. But we can. <laughs> oh, okay, Mister. Oh, when he steps on a scale, he moves the needle because he's fucking fat. <laughs> And I just said he didn't have sex, and now I'm the fucking asshole? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's fine. It's sex jokes and then fat jokes. Everyone knows I'm the asshole anyway, so. No, I'm, I'm, this is my Yolo. bit as well, where I kind of like take the heat off of me. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, I see. That's yeah. fine. You well, can put it on me. I'll take the heat. Yeah, because yeah. So John's you know why I'll take the heat? Because I'm hot-blooded. Speaking yeah. of heat, uh, it's been a little while since the three of us have been together. Yeah. And, and yeah. I got a little heat uh, when Max Kerman came on the show. For saying that uh, it was very nice of him to come on the program uh, that I that I built out of nothing and not uh, a radio show, and a lot of people were like, "You motherfucker! <laughs> like you didn't do this on your own." I just want to say that I'm, was me. I was the one who said that. <laughs> I'm well aware that I am the Chris Martin of this Super Bowl halftime show. Okay. No. I just mean in the sense I'm that I'm like, champion. I just mean in the sense that I didn't go looking for another media job when I lost my previous job. Yeah. I wanted to create something myself and i am incredibly lucky that everyone that i wanted to work with also wanted to work with me yeah this so is the most fun i've had in a long time i know like that i couldn't have serious. done this uh, anything close to this on my own i am so lucky to work with you guys all the time and i just want people to not think that Aww. i'm an egomaniacal no you're not fuck boy no, no one thinks like, that no although good use of the word fuck boy nice. and just i'll say on my weekly rankings, recording this episode is usually five to seven. So I do appreciate. You do a lot of things. Too. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. it's good. Like it's real good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, but you are like not to get gushy here. Let's not, please. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we talk? Yeah, about we all sports? love each other. We all love each <laughs> other. Everyone knows it. Uh, and yeah, YOLO. Should we talk about sports now? I guess. Yeah. Well, we did with the Drew Bledsoe line. Yeah, yeah, that's but I true. I feel like this is not the episode people might have expected when they were like, "You guys need to just go in on how shitty the Canucks." Yeah, are. we put our emotions into a different basket. Yeah, the one where we cry about how happy we are to be friends. <laughs> 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 but oh boy, those Canucks. Let's get back to that. Well, yeah, the day after we go to the box and to give watch the game, we give them the RGS bump. They yeah. win the game handily. Yeah. 
Absolutely, uh, and but I, I guess impregnated the bump continued. several of their wives. Yeah. Sorry, what? The, the yeah, the bump does uh, does not last for very long, yeah. as we found out, because the very <laughs> next day, people were were feeling pretty good about that victory, and they decided that they could not let that stand for even twenty four hours, no. because they go out and trade their top offensive prospect, uh, Hunter Shinkarik, uh, to the Calgary Flames for Marcus Granlund, not Michael Granlund. I heard that trade went down. They traded Shinkarik for Granlund, and I'm like, holy shit, M- Michael Granlund? That's a pretty fucking good move. No. Yeah, that was never going to happen. No, no. not I mean, case. you had to know right away. You're like, ah, I don't think Shinkarik could fetch that. Yeah, but, yeah, but it, and then it's Marcus Granlund. I'm thinking there's a, a pick or something. Calgary's giving up something else in that deal. Not the case at all. No. Uh, that was a bad trade. One for one. <laughs> that was just a bad trade. I'll be honest. I thought it was great. Well, I thought it was you overall. Texted, like I found out from you. I just saw my message. Sent it to us has been traded with a massive LOL. Yeah. Well, because we literally talked about that on the show. Yeah. We said like, what's going to happen is uh, Shin Carrick's going to be dealt for nothing, and we're going to be sad. Yeah, we're never going to find out what he is at the NHL level. Well, we are. Never, it's just not. He's just yeah. not going to be in a Canucks uniform. Yeah, and I'm so glad they decided to trade him to a division to a, rival to a team where we're never going to have that trade come back to burn us ever. No, never burn us. It's the Flames. Yeah, because <laughs> just fuck, right? Yeah, like there's. If I know anything about the Canucks history, like this trade is just going to completely destroy us. Yeah, there's no question. He's gonna. You know what? Like he was probably going to suck with the Canucks, and now he's going to be good. Well, he's also from Calgary, yeah, exactly. so he gets that like super hometown kind of the jazz bump. going. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was on pace for a 30-goal season in the AHL yep. on Travis Green's Utica Comets. Uh, a team, Who play the trap. A team that has never had somebody score more than 23 goals yeah. in a season. He had 22 playing with like some really fringe centermen. Like, this guy was lighting it up this season. Yeah. And I can understand being somewhat concerned about his development in his first pro year where he did not make the adjustment the way that you might like. Uh, but he was, of course, coming off of some injury-plagued seasons also. Had to adjust to some, like, hip injuries, I believe, where he had some serious surgeries that kept him out for his yeah. Mo- yeah. most of his overage season. In yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but was, like, turning the corner. Was yeah. probably one of the biggest causes for excitement in the prospect pool at the moment other than like Brock Besser but Besser is still like NCAA so it's hard to tell like what he's gonna be still right now yeah well he's a Canucks and I think we do sorry continue when you're doing that kind of thing in the pros it's it's a lot more projectable to the NHL yeah I think that uh one thing that uh, all the Canucks fans that have gotten outraged about uh, one thing you have to keep in mind, and this is just kind of like a, a way of keeping you grounded, is to think that, like, if Hunter Shinkarik is your best prospect, how good is your team, really? Uh, at the end of the day, they're not. Well, the guys good. that you might put ahead of him are already on the team. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Bo Horvat and, uh, you know, guys like that. McCann and... You know, yeah, maybe, McCann and Horvath. Vertanen. <laughs> oh yeah, Vertanen's yeah, he's yeah. not he's going to be uh, he's going to be a serviceable kind of a very nice NHL power player. move at the game we were at yeah, on was, Sunday. He's going to be yeah. uh, he looked good. I I am thinking more and more Vertanen's going to be like Dustin Brown. That's like the comparable I'm seeing. That's where fine. like yeah. maybe it's I'll like 40 that. to 50 points a year. Good hitter can play in your top 6. Uh can go into your bottom 6. Will spray a water bottle into his mouth in reverse. You know, just all those intangibles that Brown has. I just... 
<laughs> I just feel like a lot of people were looking forward to this team being bad after the trade deadline because when you have sold off your assets and you have nothing left to play for, you're at least going to give guys a chance to get a, a more clear picture of what you have heading into next season. And right now the Canucks have the Utica 3, or they did have it anyways. It's the Utica 2. Of Hunter Shinkarik, Brendan Gantz, <laughs> and Andre Padan as like three guys that people are really excited about, or were. Uh, it uh, yeah. sucks to have to put all of this in past It's misplaced tense. excitement. That we but. were hoping to see get called up after the deadline. Yes, when you, true. When there's nothing else going on, at least just fucking play the kids and find out what you have. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to see him get dealt without even getting a chance, he played one NHL game and was fucking saddled with Dorset and Cracknell. Uh, I think it's the way around. Dorset and Cracknell were, hun- were uh, saddled with him. <laughs> Dorset's a first-line player, Justin. Let's Yeah, uh, let's get it straight. He's with us for three more years, year I believe. Uh, no, it's like 2.7. Well... I'm gonna look this well, up I thought right it was now, like three million over two years. Well, you know what? Let's get really depressed right now and look up his contract. Okay. Sorry for derailing this train, but I, I kind of want to. Dorset is another three years to go. Yes. Is he three? Yeah. It was a four year deal. Spisa was three. Oh, really? Oh, that was an average annual salary. How do I remember this? $2.65 How do I remember this? Are you this? kidding me? I thought Dorset was like only two years. No, for like no, no. Oh, it's even worse than I thought. Three yeah. more years Dude, after oh this. Oh, my God. That was a four-year contract. <laughs> Your guys' team I, re- I remember it clearly. As the <laughs> My day team's in last, and we're not worse. The day my we're fandom better. died. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Just the day my fandom died, those contracts. Oh, you poor son of a bitch, eh? Yeah. That was the same day, too, wasn't it? Well, they announced them at the <laughs> same time. <laughs> consecutively <laughs> and I just like, put a gun in my mouth basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man the, the the game is on right now by the way can I just read this tweet from a uh, friend of the show Thomas Durant sure, sure. can yeah uh, Marcus Granlin career 40% faceoff man falls down on his first draw as a Vancouver Canuck <laughs> <laughs> so things are going well yeah I love this team and uh, Drance is of course at the game right now uh, but we spoke to him a little bit earlier, so we could uh, check in on what he Yeah, let's thinks. fire it up. You know, obviously, we have emotions on this trade. I'm pretty mad. Stefan, are you mad? Uh, yeah, sure. Do you guys? No, really I am. I'm really like it was just. I'm just numb to it. I think at this yeah. point. Like, yeah, you guys seem an, very disappointed. Unending stream of disappointment. It's just more like what, like what's going on? Like I just don't know what to expect. Well, I know something stupid, yeah. but I mean like specifically, yeah. and and I'm at the point now where it's just like. I almost want them to make horrible moves so it quickens them getting fired. Yeah. But uh, that's just not going to happen. Though. No, I know. Ben, we're, I think we're going to have Benning for at least another two years. Yeah. Do you think that, because I, I, you, you said that when Benning gets fired, you'll get the date tattooed on your body. Yeah. Do you think, like, that would obviously make for a great RGS episode? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like, the, like what's going to come first, the podcast just ending or Jim Benning being fired? Well, I think we'll have a TV show by then. Okay. Yeah. So. All right, so on your on our TV show, then you call it a real good show. Oh yeah, because like on TV they it's have show. TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great title, actually. Yeah, it kind of works you. for everything. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. but of course, Tom is a man who um, uh, gets paid to provide his opinions, so he is a little reticent to fly off the handle with uh, emotional. Uh, anger and, and rage. Nice use of the word reticent. Uh, so I don't know if it was the correct use of the well, word I'm reticent. Well, I'm sure Yerky 21 will tell I believe us. you're thinking of reluctant. Yeah, I, I might have been. I'm pretty sure reticent is a different word what, entirely. Let's look up what reticent means. Whatever. Yeah. 
But I like like I like your I like your either way not, not revealing one's thoughts or feelings readily. Yes. Oh, okay. That actually so, yeah. worked perfectly. That did work. Yeah. Okay. Well so, done. My so, apologies. Uh, I take that back. I knew that though. So though. you know, uh, <laughs> he's going to be a little bit more measured in his approach than perhaps we are, and we can get that approach from him right now. Well, gentlemen, of course, we've had some real significant guests of, over the last couple weeks here, and how do you top a month full of celebrity guests? Well. You don't really. You just go back to where it all began. And that's what we're doing right here with the first guest that Real Good Show ever had. That we were pleased to be joined with and we're pleased to be joined with again. Ladies and gentlemen, hockey insider Thomas Drance. <laughs> insider, all right. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm, well, you're inside no, I, Rogers I, I Arena. I appreciate Yeah. <laughs> we refer to it as I appreci- her, like an old ship. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I'm, I may not be a hockey insider, but I know everything there is to know about being a non-celebrity guest. Perfect. There you go. Well, that's all we require on Real Good Show. <laughs> you can just ask to be on the show if you ever want to be on the show, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might have been the only guest that actively lobbied you. <laughs> you are definitely the only person that's ever wanted to be on the show. And you find yourself in the curious position now of uh, probably having clearer audio phoning in than when you were actually with us in the room. But uh, Right. <laughs> regardless, Tom, welcome back to the show. We are pleased to have you here. And it's been an interesting uh, few weeks in terms of the Vancouver Canucks, so we figured uh, people would probably want to hear us go heavy on that, and uh, who better to talk to than yourself. Uh, let's begin with uh, the big trade that sent people... Uh, <laughs> Uh, rabid foaming at the mouth, maybe, I suppose, on Monday. And that is, of course, Hunter Shinkarik gets dealt to the Calgary Flames for Marcus Granlund. The other white meat. The, the other Granlund brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, people not really happy with this trade. Can you see any sort of positive spin out of this, or is the outrage kind of justified? Well, I think it's a bad bet, first of all. Uh, the fact is, is that Shin Carrick has some real comps. Like there are players who produced at a similar rate to what he's managed in his uh, age 21 AHL season, who went on to be impactful offensive players at the NHL level. Jason Pominville's one of them. Daniel Briere's another. Now, you know, there's a possibility that Shin Carrick will never amount to that. Obviously, he could not be an NHL player, and that's sort of what the Canucks are gambling on. They were talking about the locations from where he scored his goals. They were talking about his release and whether or not that was NHL caliber. And obviously they weren't convinced. So, you know, they essentially traded a player who, yes, has a higher ceiling, but perhaps a lower floor for a guy with a higher floor who they can see maybe contributing in a checking line role at the NHL level. When you're a team like the Canucks, who are not going to make the playoffs this year and might be hard-pressed to make the playoffs in coming years if they can't out-accumulate some of the teams in their division... I don't know why you'd go for the trade, or I don't know why you'd tab the player with the higher floor at the expense of the player with the higher ceiling. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for, to me. That said, I mean, there's a possibility that what Marcus Granlund is already, which is a you know, relatively young NHL vet with closing in on 100 games of NHL experience, like, it's possible that Shinkarik never gets there. And he's only 18 months younger. Uh, Granlund also was more productive in his AHL career and more productive earlier in his AHL career than Shinkarik has been. So, you know, I, I think ultimately we're talking about a, a, a deal where I don't like the bet at the margins because I don't like the focus of it and, it. and it suggests to me perhaps that the Canucks don't understand the gravity of the situation they're facing. But uh, in terms of the level of outrage, 
that the trade engendered. Uh, you know, it's a little bit over the top because, again, we're talking about a, a deal where they got, you know, maybe slightly worse in terms or, or, or where, where really the most questionable part is the process, not the swap of the players themselves. Uh, that said, I really enjoyed seeing that Canucks fans still care about this team. They just don't care about seeing this team play at the moment. <laughs> and I think, I think that's a really crucial distinction. Like, for the first time in months, my Twitter feed was lit up. People were texting me, asking about the team. Uh, you know, I could tell that there was a level of energy in, in the city. And, you know, when I see that, and when I see that, you know, the empty butts in the seats at the moment do not reflect waning interest in this club. They really do reflect specifically a waning interest in watching this team compete on the ice. And so in terms of extrapolating that into the next five days, I just think it's crucial that the Canucks sell here. Like, I think it's crucial that they present something that can be a win for next year. Um, you know, whether or not that's a bounty of draft picks, whether or not that's a nearly NHL-ready defenseman, which is what I think the team would prefer, it's clear to me from the reaction to the Shinkarik trade that, you know, what people took really hard was the idea of Shinkarik as opposed to what he is as a player now. And I think that's key. Like, we're dealing with a hope deficit. We're dealing with a bit of a credibility deficit in terms of how the Canucks are positioned in this market. And, you know, if in order to get back to selling hope, in order to come out on the right side of, you know, a passionate fan base's reaction to a deal, I think it's pretty clear that the Canucks need to land some not insignificant futures in the next five days. Certainly doesn't help when you have Trevor Linden come out the day after the trade and say, you know, I think our fans are smart people and that they know what they're talking about. And I expected them to be furious about this move. Yeah, and I mean, at least that's a level of awareness. I appreciate that, you know, this, I think that the key thing we need to remember is like this fan base has been somewhat or this organization has seemed to be, whether or not it's reality or just perception, they've seemed to be sensitive to the feelings of the mob, right? Uh, Fire Gillis gets chanted at Rogers Arena and he's fired shortly thereafter, right? They trot out the 94 team to the only cheers on the day of that Heritage Classic, that disastrous Heritage Classic that really resulted in finally uh, getting Luongo traded out of town. Uh, you know, the only positive reaction on that day from 60,000 fans in attendance was to the 94 team. And, you know, a few months later, the Aquilini's tap Linden to replace Gillis as president. So, you know, when you look at it uh, over the past few years, I think you can see that maybe this team has been reactive to the sentiment of, uh, of the mob. And, you know, if the organization's willing to move past that, if the organization's just going to do what they think is right, uh, you know, I think that's a positive step. Like, I don't, you know, you don't want to see a repeat of what we saw from 2012 on where it seemed like the Canucks were going for, you know, really, really digging deep to add like the power forward. You know, you've got the booth trade, you've got the Cassian deal, you've got a mess of deals that didn't quite work out as the team sort of seemed to be adding brawn to the equation. Um, so yeah, again, you don't want to be making decisions based on the emotions of the fan base. I actually appreciate that. And I think if it's, the case, if that's the case, if management now has, or if management's you know, confident making those sorts of deals, I don't see that as a negative for this organization, to be totally honest with you. But I also do uh, get what you're saying in terms of, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the Bergeron comparison got mocked. Uh, I mean, because this is you know, not the first time deal. they've done that now. Right. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, when you tr talk in comps, you know, you get, uh, it, you're, you're risking a lot to talk in comps. Like, one comp that I thought didn't get enough play is right after the Viega deal, uh, Jim Benning was addressing the media, the assorted media, and he was asked about what Viega might be to this team, and he said he dropped a great comp. Like, 
totally accurate. I love it. He was like, I see Biega as a guy who could maybe become an Andrew Ferentz type player. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, perfect. And I really wish that had gotten more play. So, you know, they like to drop comps. Uh, some of them make a lot of sense. Uh, some of them don't. And uh, that's the risky run, you know? You mentioned uh, something... You you mentioned something there, Tom, in, in uh, a little bit earlier about out acquiring the competition uh, in their division over the next uh, several years if they want to, you know, rebound and get competitive again. That's kind of what doesn't make sense about this deal and the Philip Larson deal. Also, is that you're uh, kind of picking up scrap garbage uh, from the teams that are in your division uh, who are kind of in the same situation as you are, anyways. Sure, I, I mean. You know, a uh, fifth-round pick for Larson doesn't bother me. Larson's still a somewhat interesting bet, I think. He's 26. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of pro seasons in Russia. We'll see if he's grown up at all. You know, he impressed me at times in Dallas, to be totally honest. They bumped him up to a top-pair role uh, for a little bit there toward the end of that one season before he got bumped down the lineup and then traded to Edmonton. And, you know, he showed promise as a 22-year-old. Uh, it's sort of flatlined from there. Uh, you know, who knows? It's a lottery ticket, but it also is right side depth, credible NHL depth, uh, or maybe not quite credible NHL depth, but fringe NHL depth. And you need that, especially playing in the West Coast. Like, this is a franchise that hasn't played just eight defensemen since 2008. You know, this team always goes 10, 13 deep. And so, you know, you, you need guys like... Uh, you need guys like Larson. You're probably going to get some late round picks back for what have the, the group of seven that have been dubbed the... Yards L7. Uh, they're going to have opportunities to recoup that pick. I don't mind that trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at Alberta Rising, and that said, you know, we've talked about Alberta Rising for how long? Like five years, every summer. It's like, ah, but next year, that's when things are going to get real. And so far, uh, the promise of Alberta has been undelivered. Um, the Canucks do need to out accumulate those teams. They're probably going to get better a better draft pick again this year. Both teams. Uh, you know, I think Edmonton has the best odds for Matthews. I mean, that's just going to be a ridiculous embarrassment of riches there. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> the long sigh, eh? <laughs> um, I'm just going to jump in here. I'm going to be honest. I did not listen to 97% of that. Um, but could you please, uh, that's as a non-Canucks fan, obviously. Uh, could you please describe your personal relationship with Jim Benning? I think he's a nice guy. I think he's, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't have... I don't have a lengthy personal relationship with Jim Benning beyond the professional element of it, but uh, but Jim's a very, very considerate, uh, nice human being, and I have nothing bad to say about him personally. Perfect. So you'll be sad when he gets fired. <laughs> Tom, I, mean, I don't know. I'm a journalist. I'm not gonna have. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna feel any way about it. I'll, I'll cover it fairly. But, yeah, you have to be neutral. Uh, yeah. You know, I think he's a. I think he's a good dude. I'm, Tom, uh, if you're a dude. I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show when you were on before, if this was something that came up when you and I went out for beers afterwards, but you basically said one of the perks about Jim Benning that you felt that the, the fan base didn't give enough play to is that he is open to changing his mind. The guys that are his guys don't stay his guys forever, uh, and you've cited like the, the Benino trade and that kind of thing as an example. I think that the Shinkarek deal kind of flies in the face of that, though, because you have uh, Jason Botchford in the province reporting that basically Shinkarek Eric was done here a year ago and that they were looking to deal him all along despite the fact that you know he really turned a corner in his game this season in the AHL I think it's very troubling basically uh, that you know a guy like that who's putting on the performance that he is offensively in the AHL is not even getting a sniff 
at uh, even playing an offensive role in a call-up situation all year long. When you're turning around and uh, and basically promising a roster spot to a player like Philip Larson just because you know Willie has some familiarity with him, having played with him in Dallas before. Yeah, I think there's a lot that you can point to about the Shinkarik trade that is troubling in, from a from a process standpoint. And I think you've hit on something where you know what could he have done to change their minds because he was on pace for a 30 goal 60 point season in the A. Um, and that doesn't seem to have shifted anything from the he plays a junior game stance that they gave us when they played the Penticton tournament. So, you know, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, I think, you know, if we're talking about Benning's strengths, I do still think that, you know, the fact that he's drafted players from everywhere and the fact that he's willing to change his mind are strengths uh, of his sort of makeup. And, you know, if we were talking about some of the weaknesses... Um, certainly a a process trade like that would stand out or or the idea that maybe there's an undervaluing of raw offensive skill, right? Uh, You look back at the Sagan trade. Or an um, undervaluing also perhaps of guys that uh, are not his guys that he didn't bring in or that he doesn't have a personal background with. Yeah, but I I mean, you know, there's like you can look up and down this roster and I think you'll you'll find some... um, examples where that's not the case but yeah I think you know what when you say that and you think we think about Miller especially is is one that stands out to me um you know I'd say that's probably a fair point (laughs) (laughs) well thank you scintillating stuff I'm sure (laughs) I'm I'm riveted I'm absolutely riveted to my seat Uh, well it just seems like you know Fans are looking at uh, at Shinkarik as uh, as like a potential Brendan Gallagher type, uh, a small guy, but with a guy who's got uh, a good enough shot that he could potentially provide some offense on a team that is desperately lacking in goal scoring at the moment, uh, and that the management perhaps looked at him as uh, as more of a Jordan Schrader instead, and had been down this road. Right, already. but I, but I think the Gallagher thing is uh, you know an interesting point because that's not what they were seeing, right? They specifically were talking about how, you know, in terms of where he gets, where he's scoring his goals, right? They're not where he's going to be able to get to in the NHL. They didn't think that he could get to the net well enough at the AHL level, and how was he ever going to do it in the NHL, right? That was a, I think if you played a Gallagher-type game, it would have been different. And, you know, if you go watch how the goals he scored and watch him play a bunch, uh, you know, I don't think that's unfair. Uh, I just do am higher on Shinkarik than they are, personally, but... Me too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you talked about this earlier in like a, a higher ceiling versus a higher floor. It just seems weird to uh, trade what is basically your top offensive winger prospect at this level, uh, at this point, uh, in where the team is in their development cycle for a guy who, who kind of tops out as being uh, uh, a Yannick Hansen type, basically. And that's well, and that's well, not yeah, but he a, also plays. That's not a 2015-16 Yannick Hansen either. That's maybe a 2007 <laughs> Yannick Hansen. That's a Hansen that needed defending back in the day, Hansen. <laughs> exactly. So I, uh, I I do want to hear. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that I can get Stefan to go on a rant because I just want to hear a good Stefan anti Canucks rant. Um, okay. Stefan, uh, Stefan, more than anything, what is your biggest fear about the deadline? Uh, that we trade uh, McCann, or we trade <laughs> Gaunce, or we trade Subban. For like Bodker, is that a possibility? Ooh. Or like Chris Russell? I, I mean, Bodker would seem to fit the mold of what they like, right? The like hastened rebuild type player. The, like, He's definitely the, like, younger and faster player type. <laughs> Bodker, Bodker's good. Bodker's like is roughly Bodker good, just though? a little bit better than Yannick Hansen. Yeah, he's um, competent. Is Yannick Hansen good though? 
Well, you're, talk- yeah, well, you're talking. To, to, you're talking to. to yeah, Yana I know. Kenyon. I'm super fan. Yeah, one I'm over aware here. of who I'm speaking to. <laughs> <laughs> like to tell. Like I know that you're saying Bodker being better than Yannick Hansen is a compliment. I see that as like, okay, he's. Oh, it's an inten- It's intentional average. faint praise. Pardon? It's yeah. It's intentional faint praise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Fair enough. It's just frustrating, so, Tom, because like I feel like we've been uh, down this road so many times uh, as Canadian fans looking across the league at the Canadian teams, the different ways that they've tried to rebuild uh, as, as a unit, basically, over the last decade. Haven't we seen this so many times before with Calgary, with Edmonton, maybe not so much Edmonton, but definitely Toronto, in like trying to stay afloat and, and making desperation moves, basically, when really the the... Like the consensus is that uh, average is death. Mediocrity is is not what you should be shooting for. Listen, Shane Corson was going to be good. Okay, <laughs> he was going to be a good fan. Don't even get me started on Owen Nolan because that was a great deadline pickup. So you know what? Listen, before we get too intense about my Leafs here, uh, no, I'm just kidding. We that was fucking horrible both times. <laughs> It just seems like this group should have learned the lesson of other teams by now, having watched it happen. And, and Weisbrot even being a part of that in Calgary also. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think there's definitely been an over-reliance on their own guys, and I do think you can question the, you know, win-now-and-later approach, but it's something that's been in this organization's lifeblood for a long time, right? Like, you have to go back to the turn of the century, Alexander McGilney for Pedersen and Morrison, to find the last time this organization sold at the deadline. Like, that's just not who the Canucks have been for, you know, my entire adult life. And, you know, I mean, that said, when the Canucks get good, which happens obviously once every 25 years, if if that, uh, it's been with a bounty of guys who are top round pick, top of the draft quality players, like Lyndon and Bure back in 94. Bure was a late round pick, but he'd have been a first overall in, in, in an age with the internet and eliteprospects.com. Uh, and then the, and the Sedin twins, obviously, were the best part of the 2011 team. So, you know, I, I can see why this approach would frustrate people. I think it's a fair point. Um, but you look at this team and it's like, you're either going to deal the Sedins, right? Like, you either have to go clean slate or you're gonna, you got to try and do this quickly enough during their tenure that they can make one more run at it. Um, this team's approach so far has been to focus on guys in their early 20s. Um, you know, they're going to need a lot to go right for this to happen. Um, but when you bring in guys like Benning, who, you know, the scouting guy and stuff, what you're looking for is a guy who's capable of sort of beating those margins, right? You're looking for a guy whose hockey knowledge gives him a legit edge. And that's the approach right now. Um, I get being skeptical. I get being frustrated. That's just what it is. Like, uh, you know, I can't afford to look at it from a too, un- too emotional a perspective, but I do enjoy the tweets of one Bim Jennings on Twitter uh, just losing his mind at every at every <laughs> minor uh, move. So just wait, t- wait know. till Monday. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. If you're the... Like, I think they're going to be busy. I think they're going to move guys. Um, you know, I think it's not hard to come out as a winner too uh, when you're selling right like it's buying that's the dangerous place to be on deadline day Canucks have been there you know third round pick for Andrew Alberts like can you imagine that today like a third round pick is going to get you a quality player at the deadline this year um Canucks gave up I think a third plus for Andrew Alberts back in the day uh you know anyway skeptical fans I think are going to get close to what they want on deadline day 
in that, uh, you know, this team's poised to sell in a major way. Does it confuse you, though, Tom, that when you hear, uh, you know, a guy like Benning who's touted all along, ever since he came in, that the number one strength of his is the draft, is scouting, is his draft acumen, does it confuse you a little bit to hear him come out and say that he's not looking to acquire draft picks? Well, he's not close to it. He's just, draft picks aren't the primary target. This team wants blue line Sven Berchi. You know, they want the guy with a couple years of development time who can ideally step in the lineup next year and ideally plays the right side. And, you know, there are players in any organization that you could see Dan Hamhuis waving to go to, uh, by which I mean a Western Conference city with a chance to win uh, and direct flights from YVR to their airport. Um, <laughs> well, that's crucial if you're, you know, going to be away from family, right? So there's players in sort of each of those organizations that could fit the bill. You, you know, you can understand why you'd prefer getting poke for than, um, than just picks. You can understand why you'd love to get Julius Honka, and you're never going to do it, but if you could, uh, then as opposed to getting a first-round pick, like, I can understand that. So, you know, I don't think it's nuts, um, at least for now. But I do think if they're, you know, selling these, you know, Yannick Webers and Lyndon Vays, it's like, just be content with mid-round picks. Like, get, get the pick that you gave up for Larson back. For Yannick Weber, right? That, that should be the priority here. Because you're never going to get the uh, pick that you gave up for Lyndon Vay back. <laughs> well, no. No, you're not. Um, but okay, I like that deal on draft day. Right? I, I didn't think that was a bad bet. <laughs> that, was, that was, see, what the, the ultimate irony is that I'd look at the Lyndon Vay trade and say, you know, that was one of the bets that this, or this management team made that I really liked. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, so now you know how seriously to take my analysis. Canucks <laughs> insider Thomas Trent. <laughs> hey, well, thanks, the, guys. Never have me on again. Yeah, well, at, <laughs> at the very least. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> at the very least, we talked about, you know, does he change his mind on guys? Does he have his mind set on the guys that he's worked with in the past? At the very least, it is a, a huge relief to see Bartkowski's name on the list of the uh, Garage Sale 7. Right, and Cracknell, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys. So is that a good thing, though? Uh, or does that just is that just evidence, like a long trail of bad bets? Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? But, uh, but you, yeah, enjoy your podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Well, that was, uh, that was a, a more balanced take, I think. Uh, if by balanced you mean fall asleep boring, then yes, I completely agree with you, and I slept through. Most I think. Of well, that you're interview. but you're not a Canucks fan. I like, understand that's, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I I have often had to be the voice of reason on this show for people who are not Canucks fans, and um, we didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, I'm a Canucks man, and I liked it. Well, so. another Colin exactly. segment uh, that people will not like. It seems like that's what our. Uh, Let's get Jesse on the line right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's, is his cousin Tony there? You know what? Which, For the most people did love Jesse's segment. Yeah, I, say. I fucking love. Oh it. yeah, my mom I love didn't it like too. it. But yeah, no, I, 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 I. Well, I thought it was fine. I thought it was better once I figured out what ASMR was. Yeah, that we was did, a key part of the bit. We yeah. did not explain what it yeah, was. Yeah, it's always good when you don't know. I mean, what, you could just yeah. Google it. I needed Justin there really to be my joke explainer. Yeah, you yeah. really, you really let the team down. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I mean, obviously, we love it. You can hear us like just losing it. Oh, for sure. Every yeah. time he comes on, yeah, yeah. no, it's um, all good. He's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, should we move into the world of what were we doing? Well, Base- we, baseball. I think we, we still thinking? have a little bit more to say about this about this Shinkarik thing. We do because do we? Stefan, did you have a rant that you wanted to go on? Oh yeah, I kind of went on it on Twitter already. Yeah, uh, but I want to hear some real fire in your voice. 
voice. I want to hear he you yell. That's not, I don't, it's not like God I think. damn it, man. I want to hear you get mad. Uh, Jesus Christ. That scared me. I can. Oh, that's a network. Right? Yeah. You're almost like standing up. My too, dick moved so. a little bit. Um, oh, my God. Uh, not in a sexual way. I do. Okay. In a, in a, in a I had a. Aggressive I wrote a rant. And I guess I, I, I mean, should I just read what yeah, I sure. still yeah. stand and deliver? Well, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna sit. Okay, and sit and deliver. Yeah. Uh, well, I love all the pro bending morons saying we should wait and see until we judge him. Hey, let's wait and see on Lyndon Vay. Maybe he just needs more ice time. <laughs> let's wait and see on Lucas Pisa. Surely he can't get much worse than the statistically worst defenseman in the league. Hey, let's wait and see on Brendan Prust. Maybe he'll suddenly become good at hockey and stop being a prick in the locker room. <laughs> let's wait and see on Derek Dorsett. Maybe he'll somehow improve off his fluke age 28 career year as a fourth liner. Hey, let's wait and see with Matt Barkowski. Maybe he'll learn how to play hockey. Hey, let's wait and see with John Weisbrod. Maybe he won't almost sign a player to the dumbest offer sheet in sports history. <laughs> let's wait and see with Ryan Miller. Maybe he'll somehow get better with age. Anyway, fuck this regime. And if Ryan Miller, like, I, I could have fit a lot more in there. If, that's but, good. And yeah. if Ryan Miller were to do that, yeah. he would be just like a double back wine. From Drew, Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. <laughs> Finer with age. Actually, his uh, he says on the website, drink it as soon as you get it. Oh, don't, right. don't let it wait. Yeah. Yeah. This is a... This is a Febu- he wants you to buy more. Yeah. This is a February 2016. <laughs> yeah. And it expires in three months. Yeah. Please he, do, he doesn't want you to buy it and then just like hold on to it. He wants... He's a smart man. It's, this is Drew Bledsoe we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, I think I, I have one more note to, to hammer home okay. before we move on from this Shinkaric trade, which is it really upsets me to see people just dismiss uh, people being angry about dumb moves that the team makes as fake outrage. That it's just like, oh, people being mad about everything that the team does. Yeah, I bet you really saw Hunter Shinkarek play to be really upset about it, you dummy. Fake outrage. You're just looking for something to be mad about. No, I think it's, at this point, very acceptable and very much, uh, you know, the right track to have with this regime to just be fucking furious at almost every fucking thing that they do. Because... I brought some stuff up with Tom there, and I tried to keep cool about it, but clearly I was uh, a little bit upset in that, you know, even what I, what I said earlier with, uh, with John there, like, we have nothing to play for uh, as, as a fan base. There's no reason to watch this team any longer. Tom even Wait spoke a minute, you're it. a fan. You don't have anything to play for. You're right. You're not a player. <laughs> There's Just no, to clarify. There's no reason to watch this team, and even Tom admitted that. Like, the turnouts have been terrible. We want hope. We want... A reason to care. And uh, they just seemingly go out of their way to shit all over our dreams constantly. Like, it's not fake outrage to think that it's fucking stupid to trade away one of your top offensive guns in the minors without ever even looking to see what he could be at the NHL level. If you feel like he's not going to get there, that's a fair feeling, but maybe back it up with a little bit of evidence before you execute this move. There was no reason to do this right now. There's no reason at all. No, I agree. Yeah. Can I just say that um, I thought I was the only one doing a rant this episode? <laughs> yeah, but yours was shitty. I, well, I know, but I thought it was like Stefan's rant episode, and then Justin so goes, yeah. blows me away. Yeah, well, he's a way louder voice. Than well, that's you. like the scene in Walk Hard when like Dewey Cox has to follow Elvis and like Bob Dylan. Yeah. Know? Except it was kind of the opposite way around. But you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. He just like, I mean... Come on, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just trying to learn how to rant it, at the feet of I the know. master. It's God. just 
it's just I'm not even upset about. No, you seem very. I mean, I you am, seem pretty upset. I am, I, but I, but Why are your pants? Like, I'm off? upset about the <laughs> Put trade. Put your pants back on. I'm upset about the trade, but more than that, I'm upset that people who are like anyone who's mad about this is just a big faker. There's no reason to be mad about this. There's no reason to be mad about anything this team does. You're all faking it. Fuck you. There's so many reasons to be mad about this team. I did take my headphones off. For I, a second. Your your though. voice of like the Canucks fan base is my is the best. Yeah, this is you're It's like Don Pardo mixed with like a whining goat. <laughs> <laughs> you think this the team is a fucking problem, but you're not fucking doing the fucking. It's the best. weekly feeling, <laughs> fake <laughs> outrage. <laughs> Uh, Daryl Hammond. Well, you know what it is. It's it's like it. death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's all these stupid little moves, and Look, they add up. Over I can't time. get it. In, I, f- I can't find it in myself to be angry about the Philip Larson trade. Like whatever. And he does make some moves that are good. I love the Berchi trade. Yeah. I don't have a problem with the Emerson Edom trade. But when something goes down that is just like inexcusably fucking stupid, like. Uh, be <laughs> mad. You have every right to be mad. It's not fucking fake. Yeah. No, I agree. And the team should be happy that people feel anything, that, that they fucking care at all. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. Uh, we, we should, uh, I hope we get invited to another box. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Meeting Finn was cool. I enjoy getting invited to boxes. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I just dropped enough F-bombs for this show to uh, never be in consideration to be on the radio at any point. Why would it ever be on the radio? Uh, I don't know. That'd be cool, right? I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah well, we know who our first guest would be. Thomas Radio <laughs> Talk Trance. Oh, I didn't know this was the Team 1040 calling in here, guys. I think the Canucks are pretty swell. Well, let's move on from this because I <laughs> that was that was I a have hell of a rant though. Like you, yeah, good for yeah. you. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I'll even do your segue. Sure. Uh, <laughs> wait, Justin's like falling asleep. I had a good. No, I I fuck. I had a good one, and now I don't remember it now. Oh yeah, you were talking about Ryan Miller. Uh, you know, getting better with age. And speaking of aging players due for new contracts, Jose Bautista in the news this week. Was yeah, that good? That was good. It yeah, was, was good. good. It was oh, all right. Well done. Thank did, you. You did all right. Uh, just, uh, you know, dropping more knowledge than uh, an athlete has in some time. Uh, showing up to uh, training camp before he was even required to show up to training like camp. Ten days early. Ten days early, wearing a, a sweater that said Toronto is home and putting the entire city and organization on blast. More than just the organization, though, I think the bulk of his comments were directed squarely at ownership and Rogers. Rogers, for which, sure. Which is so refreshing to that see. Quote that quote was amazing. Did you? Are you pulling that uh, up? Right I now? am right now. I have yeah. it right here. Uh, Batista just going in on Rogers. Is this our clip of the week? It, it is not. Yeah, okay. uh, it could be though if we had. We tape just don't have audio, don't. but yeah, he this says, is the best. It's no secret that in a publicly traded company, everybody can track their performance fairly easy. It's not a secret. It's out in the public. Stock prices are monitored very closely by the whole financial world, and I think there's a direct correlation with the success of their earnings per share after we started experiencing success. Are they going to put it out in the media and say because of the Jays we made all of this money? No. But everybody can read between the lines. Nobody has a way to measure how much money the team makes when we win because of the way we're structured. It's really unfair to talk about revenue, payroll, and all of that stuff to me for this organization are non-existent. Um, and he's absolutely correct. Yeah. You, you can't. The way everything is structured, the way they move money around, 
the, you know, the Jays could come out and make that fucking dubious claim that, like, successful movie studios do all the time, which is like, oh, you know, we put out the biggest hit movie in the world in, like, the Harry Potter 8 or whatever, and, oh, we lost a lot of money on that. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. You're just, like, sliding yeah. in a ton of write-offs in there. To try and like cook the books essentially. Well, and when Rogers, I remember when Rogers took over the Jays, there were actually a lot of people who wrote articles about how they did it to establish goodwill for their brand. I mean, that was pretty much one of the main reasons they acquired the team. They felt like if the Jays got good, more people would subscribe to Rogers. And that somehow happened. Like that was like a thing that legitimately people yeah. were like, and, and it's so weird because we don't often think of that, or at least I haven't. I, I've never really thought of like, oh, my sports team's doing really well. I'm going to support the owner of my franchise. But in this case, in dealing with a team where their owner is a media company that provides all of the coverage of the team, yeah. they're making money hand over fist. As yeah. the ratings go up for the games, they get the advertising revenue. There's no revenue stream with this team that they are not taking all of. Yeah, which is crazy and, and pretty unprecedented. So, uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And, uh, you know, good for Jose. He's not – no idiot, you know, because no. I think – he has good points, but I also think he's clearly like shifting his greed away from himself, which is also That's smart. very savvy. Like, I mean, let's call it what it is. The reports are he's asking for more than 150 million as he's going to be 36 when his contract needs to be renewed and he wants five years and over 30 million a year, which is insane i mean i get it that he didn't really make serious money playing baseball until he was 28 and whatever but like are you kid are you kidding me 150 million is insane at the same time he's huge within the players union <clears throat> oh totally so it it looks bad on him when he's fighting for the rights of not just star players but all players to not come out and say fucking get your money get paid like, oh yeah i'm i'm not like i'm not say again I love Jose. I hope to God they re-sign him. I I loved what he said. I love smart players. I love when athletes speak their mind. I'm totally on board. But I also think like he did a very good job of hiding the fact that he's being one greedy motherfucker. Yeah. At the same time, he's been underpaid for the entire like major earning years of his career. Yeah, the last like five. Or yeah, six years. and I get that. But then again, I also sigh. I also get the argument that. Uh, you know, the Jays didn't really underpay him, you know, like he's saying, oh, well, I gave the Jays a hometown discount the last five years as far as I'm concerned. No, you didn't. The Jays gave you money based on one good year. They took a bet. They, they took a, a bet. bet and the bet paid off in a huge way. Don't get me wrong, but like they were making a bet on you. It could have easily gone the other way. And we see that, especially in baseball with the soft cap, you see that a lot. A lot of guys have bets taken on them. Ryan Howard being a great example of Philly taking a two-year bet on him even after his original huge contract sucked. And he sold this thing of how he's turning it around and whatever, and he's been just awful. Uh, you know, I'm just, I just think it's funny to, to say like, well, well, I gave everyone a hometown discount. Not really. I mean, you really got sizable money off of, I guess, two good seasons. I he, think what he's more trying to say there is that I don't owe you anything. True. And he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. He doesn't owe me as a Jays fan, a loyal Jays fan my whole life. He owes me nothing 
And after last year, he definitely owes no one nothing because <laughs> that was one of the best moments of sporting. Of your life. Of Yeah, yeah. honestly, of my sporting life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully he, he remains a J. Yeah. Because he's just uh, so entertaining. Yeah, awesome dude. Uh, the Great same- voice. <laughs> yeah. One of the wimpiest voices in sports, I'd say. Yannick Hansen, Completely. I think. Yeah, Yannick Hansen's up but there. Yannick David Hansen, Beckham. Yannick Hansen looks like he would well, have that's his true. voice. Yeah, right? in terms of, yeah. Batista it's not the voice you'd expect. It's like a big-ass burly man. And yeah. A, and he's, Jose uh, looks like the guy thunder. that would end every sentence with the word essay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, should we do the mailbag? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, if he walks, it's not the end of the world. Because you're getting, a, but he walks a lot. <laughs> you're getting away <laughs> from a guy uh, who's who's going to be in the twilight of his career, at commanding a shitload of money. Yep, uh, I agree. Either way, it's a good. It's probably a good scenario for the Jays, but I'd like to see them try to win for a few more years. Yeah, and but we talked about this several months ago on the show in that uh, Sh- uh, Shapiro or Shapiro Shapiro Shapiro. Yep. Uh, I always get it wrong. Well, you get it right. He gets it wrong. <laughs> Shapiro is not a bad choice to be making this decision. No. In its fresh eyes, a guy who was not involved with the previous build of this team, uh, somebody who's more connected to uh, the old regime, might feel more inclined to make an emotional decision instead of the the, the proper, rational, correct decision, even if it will be an ultimately unpopular move. For sure. Love it. But we'll move on from there to the world of... uh, Basketball broadcasting, I suppose. Oh, yeah. We got yeah. our clip of the week. That's where yeah. our clip of the week comes to us from. And uh, it involves something that we have mined a great deal on this very program. Yeah. Uh, well, as you, as everyone knows, uh, in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast, I, I, I decried the fact that I had never um, been blocked by anyone on Twitter when Stefan shared the knowledge that if you tweet the number 81 at Jalen Rose in reference to the 81 points Kobe Bryant scored on Jalen Rose's Raptors, he will insta-block you. And to date, I believe that that is still the only person that's ever blocked me he on Twitter. He hasn't blocked me yet. Oh, Jalen Rose did block me immediately after yeah. that. No, I tweeted and, 81 uh, at him like a thousand times. And I remember that we, we did it at loves the same... your tweet. Yeah, yeah, we did it at it, the yeah. same time. And, um, and yeah, so overall... Um, just it, it was a great moment for me to be blocked and then to see this clip of the week uh truly fantastic comes to us from uh, espn television where basically someone tweeted 81 at jalen rose to his face will be kobe bryant's 15th and final game at united center tonight eight o'clock eastern uh the lakers and the bulls that's on espn by the way jalen you played against him once at united center i was just told that he scored 36 points in that i mean it wasn't 81 it was just Oh, shout out to my boy. All the research. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Did they win? Bulls won. Oh, see? I'm just saying. Get lost in the details. We gave you a lot of love (laughs) pre-game. He got really mad, too. Like, he got... uh, He's, he, he was seemed pissed. a little hot tell. under the collar. Yeah. He was shaking his head around trying to like get a little more like a rooster. room in yeah. there. He was shaking his head around to try and figure out how you block someone in real life. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Kill them. And it wasn't going well for yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but talking about uh, Kobe Bryant performances yeah. basically right there. Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, Love and it. how could you not mention that one? Yeah. Suck it, Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> and block time. me. Come on. Yeah. Like, and step up. Grow some balls. 
and blocks Stefan Coward. for fuck's sake. Absolutely. And we will go from there into everyone's favorite segment, or second favorite segment anyways, the Twitter mailbag. It's ladder time. It's ladder time. Twitter time. What am I reading? You've got mail. What am I reading? Next question. And our first question comes to us from Maddie at Dear Mailman, who says, What are your thoughts on the level of athleticism of Formula One, and what would it take for the sport to gain more traction in North America? Um. Okay, I'm gonna field this one. Okay, just uh, I I just know if you say what I think you're gonna say, my dad's gonna be pissed. Okay, so well, you, here, well, anyway, no, go ahead. Here, here, okay. Here's what I'm. Here's uh. Here's what I'm going to uh, read. Um. Okay. This is this is the Formula One schedule. Australian Grand Prix, Bahrain Grand Prix. I won't even say Grand Prix anymore. China, Russia, Spain, Monaco. Canada, Europe, Austria, UK, Hungary, Germany, Belgium, Italy, Singapore, Malaysia, Japan, US, Mexico, Brazil, United Arab Emirates. Two of those races are in North America. Whatever other amount, not in North America. It's not rocket science out here. Uh, Put more fucking races in North America, not at five in the morning, and maybe more people would get into it. Also, if you could have the drivers uh, possibly have sex with farm animals. Um, <laughs> and, like during the race? Yeah, and just get really good at, um, yeah, at being gross uh, human beings and people. Then Like Aussie might, rules football guys? Yeah, and, yeah, just get real scuzzy assholes in there and then you might have a shot because that's how nascar got popular i'm guessing i will say this year i do think that hulkenberg who races for force india is going to have a big year uh only because his name is hulkenberg great name yeah i mean nico hulkenberg uh, as uh, for the the level of athleticism of formula one he's from germany uh you're sitting in a car uh you have to be pretty i think the strong. athleticism <laughs> is crazy high it, it actually I, I, is. I will say that i drove i drove a nascar this this past summer me and my dad went out to a track and i got to drive a nascar and i only drove it for eight laps on a short track and it was exhausting. Like I was literally, like I was drained. I'm, I'm, so, I know I'm well you know. aware. I know. I know. Oh, okay. I just, I know when Stefan was like, my dad's going to be pissed if you say what I think you're yeah. going to say. I was like, well, someone has to say, say it. it. I got to yeah. say yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the main argument is like, no, they're not really athletes. And I would implore those people to get in a car, you, but also don't, please don't. You lose like, you're morons. you lose like five pounds of water weight. I think it's more than that. I think it's like 10 right? or 12, something like that. Insane. It's crazy. Yeah. I, it's just, it's very physically demanding because the, the cars are so small and, uh, the amount that your body has to absorb to and you're constantly thinking like it's mentally it's very draining so uh maddie to answer your question full bless uh full respect to formula one racers um i'm never i i honest to god i will not watch a minute of a formula one race this year but you keep doing you uh your future wife is way more attractive than you and i applaud you for that (laughs) 
She's going to be a lawyer, so she's smarter than you two. Honestly, none of us know how you did it, but you did it, and maybe Formula One is the secret. Actually, you know what? I am going to start watching Formula One this year. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch the documentary Senna as well. Yeah, I've heard oh, it's, it's awesome. Great. It's great. Uh, this uh, next Ayrton, great name um, also. Next tweet comes to us from uh, Brant Hardy. Ah. Brantland, at BH underscore, who says, uh, you guys needed your fact checker when you started talking about Heatley trades. He got traded to Ottawa for Hosa, then to San Jose for Mahalik and stuff, then to the Wild for Havlat. I would also argue the team that got Danny Heatley lost all three <laughs> trades. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we were getting a little confused there because when you brought in yeah. Hosa, I thought when you brought up Heatley for the first time, I knew he had been dealt. I for thought Hosa you were talking about point. the San Jose trade. I was, I was talking about that, but like, and then the Atlanta stuff got mixed in. Yeah, and I, I got lost, but that's fine. Stefan probably. I wasn't there. It's, uh, it's, was well, there. it's nice to be fact checked by someone who is not in the arro- moment, arrogantly shoving it in your face. Yeah, and not uh, you know doing it live in the moment, having to remember all of these. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, thank you, Brant. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. We got to go in here from at Marlon the Man. Yes, uh, he says I love shitting and pissing. <laughs> is that a question? Uh, well, there's no punctuation at the end. Okay. I love shitting and pissing. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I think you does. do. Yeah. I think you do. Yeah. I think yeah. overall, most of us do. It's a nice relief. We've got a good, good one here from uh, at Holgranya, who okay. writes in to say, where will Stefan get the tattoo of the date Benning gets fired? Where on his body, not which tattoo place? Um, my ass, I guess. On your, on your ass. Can you get it in your butthole, do you think? Yeah, oh. can you like get the, in the butthole, numbers like, like on the around. ring? Yeah, around. Like, yeah, like on your O ring. I guess I could. It'd be like I your could own get it, uh, cup ring. I could get it like on my wrist, so people think I'm. Uh, anyway, I won't make that joke. <laughs> I just kind of did, but um, no, my chest. It'll be in my chest. Yeah, yeah. or on the back of your neck. Oh, yeah. I like your chest. Forehead, chest maybe? is good. Yeah. Ooh, forehead's good too. Yeah. It's a yeah. good one for Or me. maybe you get it like teardrops, like you get the 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 month. Oh yeah, yeah. The, oh, on under one eye. Like the guys in the, jail have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for every time they cried in jail. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what that's yeah. for. So a, a good one right here from Frank. Lil Wayne cried a lot. Frank <laughs> Nevenen. at Frank Nevenen who who writes in. Do you guys think there are too many outdoor games? And I'm gonna go by the fact that there was one this past weekend between. Minnesota, and I don't even know who the Chicago. other team was, yeah. and that I didn't even know this game was happening until after it happened, as proof that, yes, there are too yeah. many outdoor no games. No one cares about them at all anymore. Okay, well, like, I think if you look at um, all, so you've got soccer, football, Aussie rules, cricket, I mean, tennis for the most part, I mean, sometimes basketball even, you've got... Uh, I mean, what else? Uh, you've got all the track and field event. I mean, that's a lot of events. Horse racing. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of outdoor games. <laughs> like, too many. When you consider how often it rains and snows in the world, really, we do have way too many games that are outdoors. It's true. That's what he was asking, right? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like to be inside when I watch sports. Fake Steinberg writes in with, on a scale of unlikely to not one little bit... What is the chance Benning knows the difference between Michael and Marcus Granlund? Well, he knows it now. <laughs> he didn't at the time. It's not quite as bad as... Uh, Jeff Finger? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kurt Sauer and Jeff Finger don't exactly sound the same. Yeah. Although, to be fair, Cliff Fletcher was like 89. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, uh, like honestly, as a Leafs fan at that time, you almost like forgived him. You're forgave him. You're like forgived. Forgived. I don't. Yeah, it's been a long day. I can yeah. forgave that too. You, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, you almost forget. We, like we almost forgave him. Just like, oh, sweet little Cliffy. He's just he's pretty old. Uh, this is from at Book of Lube, and he asks, which old timey disease would kill which athlete? And I'm gonna say Lucas Spies is gonna get gout. Okay. Oh, gout. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I would say you LeBron die of gout? or the consumption. You uh, you can die of gout. Yeah, yeah, but you have. I mean, not it's now. a pretty bad gout. Yeah, not now. Yeah. Consumption but. is just like a fancy name for tuberculosis, though, right? Is it? I think so. Tuberculosis sounds fancier than consumption, really. <laughs> yeah, because consumption sounds fairly basic. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. you're just being consumed by yeah. tuberculosis. Yeah. I hope Jim Benning dies of cholera. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> Not that he, yeah, I didn't say he, he said probably hope. will. That's I hope crazy. he does. Wow, that's crazy. But could, you, could, you imagine, still around? could you imagine if he got cholera from like wearing the equipment of like one of the Canucks players? Like they had cholera and then he wore their equipment and got it. And then they wrote a book about it, Glove in the Time of Cholera. Oh my God. <laughs> he wears like Cyclone Taylor's old skates <laughs> and gets the Spanish influenza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to admit that's probably that the good. best pot I've ever had. That was show. I was like, where is he going? With this? <laughs> um, I on you you can't deny the fact that LeBron James would die of polio, hundred percent. He's so big, it would just spread throughout his body in, um, immediately. I think LeBron James could still win MVP in, in an iron lung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he could win. He could win MVP. You know what? Actually, polio. if he was in the iron lung. Uh, Someone could like dunk over him in the dunk contest. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Aaron Gordon yeah. does like a feet up dunk over the iron lung. Yeah, that'd be or or LeBron's laying in the iron lung and throw alley oops the ball. Is up. there like a, a door for when they poop in the iron lung? Do you guys know? <laughs> or does it just like stay in there? I don't know. Let's Google should we look it. it up? Yeah, let's Google it. Iron lung poop door. In the meantime. Marlon Phillips writes in again at Marlon the Man and says, "Just make the whole fucking pod about how shitty Jim Benning is, please." We did pretty Which much. We kind of did. did. I'm talking about someone pooping in an iron lung. That's basically Jim Benning as a GM. Uh, how? Oh yeah. How do people in an iron lung go to the bathroom? Yahoo Answers from 2008. <laughs> I just recently found out what an iron lung is. Uh, to my understanding, this device helps patients breathe who otherwise would be unable to. But where does the waste go? Can they ever leave the chamber? Uh, and here's the best answer uh, from Nana Lamb. And she says, I grew up in a town with a children's hospital full of polio victims. The people in the iron lungs were encased almost entirely in the things and could not move much. And the doctor is wrong. They were not removed to die untreated with the family gathered around them. I knew a lot of the patients as we were taken as a school group to sing frequently at the hospital and as church groups to entertain, to help entertain the children suffering from the effects of this dreaded disease. I married a polio victim and he is now having some breathing. Why am I reading this? Okay. The nurses had special diapers for the people in the iron lungs. There were doors on some of these contraptions for changing the diapers. The people were taken out from time to time for the lung to be sanitized. I guess they just hosed it down. And the people to be bathed, they hosed them down too, and then returned them to the lung. Yes, it was horrid. Several exclamation points. Um, so, I mean, I guess they're wearing a diaper and then they take the. So they don't just like poop out a door. Yeah. It'd be sweet if they what did What segment that. is this again? I don't know. Mailbag, oh, I Iron think. lung poop segment? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, lung poo. DJ yeah. Laidback Luke at Peculiar Ski writes in with, is Beth Bartkowski the official mom of Real Good Show? No. Uh, she won't be after the trade deadline when Matt is Ooh. no longer on the team. Um, yeah, well, and I, I don't think they... Inter- do they do mums trips in the AHL? <laughs> <laughs> do they, like, bus around with them? 
<laughs> exactly. They take a school bus that goes behind the charter bus. Uh, we're here for the mom's trip. Uh, and my son's going to score a goal. Where are the seatbelts? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no. My mom is the official mom of me. And yeah, I, feel my mom's like, I think mom Stefan's of me. Yeah. mom is the official mom of Real Good Show. Yeah, I guess that's she true. She's the only one that listens and supports yeah. the show. That's true, and she's a nurse, so. Uh, occasional roommate of the show at Graham Perkins writes in with, "You get to kick the shit out of any active sports person for five minutes, and they can't hit you back. Who you got?" Mm. Oh, I'll man. take Brandon Prust, and he's allowed to hit me back just because I'm really good at hitting people while I'm spinning. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with uh, Lou Gehrig. He's just looking at me like I'm some sort of dick. <laughs> well, well, I don't think he can hit you back even after the five minutes have elapsed. Well, I'm saying like if, if I went back to like, you know, 1890. Ah, or you're time traveling. Yeah. 1890. So he was like four. <laughs> Look, I'm not an age doctor. <laughs> I'm not an age doctor. <laughs> All right. Actually, I don't even think he would have been alive. In eight, he might have been born in the 1900s. Anyway, uh, I would kick the show to Lou Gehrig. I'm going to pick uh, Floyd Mayweather because I've said on this show in the past that I will kick the shit out of him with no sort of handicap nice. like this. Go. And you know what? It's that sort of program where you can just say things and Lou they will, they'll was, never happen, but it's fun to say them. Lou Gehrig was born in 1903. I want to keep that Floyd feud alive. Do you think that if you went back in time and beat Lou Gehrig to death that Lou Gehrig's disease wouldn't exist? No, the disease would just be what happens when a time traveler beats the shit out of you and kills you. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone, if like, oh no, I so, got the Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone from Tron just came back yeah. in time. Hitler and, has Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do just want to show you the sign that my roommate brought to the game. Here's the picture of it. This is what he's wearing to the game nice. too. Fire Beautiful. Jim Benning, more Bergerons. Yeah. That is tremendous yeah, yeah that's really good we'll have to tweet that out from our we show absolutely will so we uh, and we do have w- one request from uh, michael hudson friend of the show who wants us to watch the shootout goal from andreas i'm not going to try to Ath- say his last name athanasio athanasio yeah whatever he's greek andreas greece it's just a very smooth goal like Oof. yeah yeah that's, that's pretty nice deked it right he was very the yeah. he was very close to the goalie yeah. when he started making his move yeah, yeah that was impressive. very fast hands we got yeah. some good questions today yeah, great. Got, we got one last one here before yeah, we wrap it, up. wrap it up. Comes to us from Nick Farkas at Hot Tuna Ice Cream, who says, My local AHL Sorry, team. Wait, Hot Tuna Ice Cream? Yes. Nick Fuck? Nick Farkas. Oh, Farkas. Nick Fuck. I thought you said Nick Fuck at Hot Tuna Ice Cream. Nick Farkas at Hot Tuna Ice Cream, who writes in with, My local AHL team lets you throw pucks into toilets for money after the game. Can I come to the toilet factory to practice? Uh, we do have a lot of like busted up toilets out back. And you uh, could throw pucks yeah, at theoretically. Them. You could. I could charge you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah perfect. Free, this is a good, uh, good revenue stream yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Just chucking pucks at toilets. Yeah. <laughs> toilet. Fucking puck a chuck a toilet puck. Yeah. Fuck. We'll work on the name. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, because toilet pucks are a thing, right? It's when you put like a oh, the urinal. Fr- your urinal puck. I our guess. our urinal uh, our waterless urinal at work broke down. And it's a plumbing wholesale place, right? So that's kind of embarrassing. But all, all embarrassing. this like piss backed up, and it was just this big pool of piss. And there was like an out of order sign at the top, as if anyone was going to pee in there. Yeah, no, I well. But I do have a picture of it uh, if you guys want to see. Sure. 
Like right now? He'll I'll show you after the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll post it's it. We'll post it on our Twitter yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that'll do it for the Twitter mailbag, and we'll go from there into everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch. The cherry on top of our cynical Sunday where we pick what we like from the world at large. One good thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. Gentlemen, what do you like this week? My one good thing is Mustaine Mustaine Vineyards. Uh, it's Dave Mustaine's From wine. Megadeth? Yes. Okay. Uh, and here is the, the website. Oh, of course. That's exactly, <laughs> it looks like it was made on Geos. Do the wines come in like a tiny vest? Well, I'm going to read some of the names. Uh, Symphony Interrupted. Okay. Kingmaker. Okay. Hook in mouth. Oh, hook in mouth wine. That's and, what you. And this is my favorite one: blood of heroes. Oh. Uh, so it's my one good thing. It's a rich red, I would imagine. Yeah, it is, would have is to. Megadeth <laughs> wine. Yeah, it's my one good thing. I like that. Uh, the website has not been updated since 2013. Uh, great. Oh. Um, excellent. My one good thing this week. Uh, I'm going to go back to the music uh, realm. Uh, I, w- I was TV last week. This week I'm going to go with. Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. I've been uh, playing that album a lot. And I also, as a side recommendation, also recommend Kanye's Twitter account because it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Even better when you put the words Liz Lemon in front of every single one of his tweets. Amazing, (laughs) yeah. It's just, uh, you know, his mental breakdown is fascinating. Uh, The album is great. Like a lot of people said, it kind of sounded unfinished. I disagree. I think it's got, I think it's put together incredibly well in a a way that... uh, sort of showcases what's going on in his brain right now uh which i've heard it described as kind of like an amalgamation of every single style that he's dabbled with to this point pretty much and that's very accurate and uh yeah it was one of those things first listen i was like this is good didn't blow me away uh but i I just found it's like all i've been able to listen to this week so uh yep Kanye west life of pablo for uh my one good thing this week i'm going to dip back into the world of professional wrestling oh christ almighty Uh, because i know some people absolutely hate you had a really weird look on your face before you said your thing and i was like oh he's gonna say something controversial (laughs) or dumb here (laughs) a lot of people hated it when i talked at length about daniel bryan a few weeks ago yes but i think it was good for some people also i'm gonna use my roommate as as a, as a sample section for the population at large because it's probably not the best after idea. that episode came out I came home and found my roommate watching Wrestlemania 30 the Daniel Bryan Wrestlemania so if some people went back and watched that because I talked about it at length uh, they might also want to go back and watch this which is one of my favorite matches of all time Shane McMahon returned to WWE on Monday Night Raw this week yes in what was one Money! of the best segments in a very, very long time. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> uh, if you want to go back and watch some classic Shane McMahon matches uh, and get hyped for his Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker at WrestleMania this year, there is a reason why people are so excited that Shane is going to be in that match, despite the fact that he is not a wrestler, uh, really, uh, and more a guy who just does insane stunts from time to time. Uh, a match that would really get you hyped for that uh, coming showdown with The Undertaker at WrestleMania, I think, uh, is his match with Kurt Angle from the 2001 King of the Ring. Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle in a street fight. It was Kurt's 
third fight of the night. He was already concussed coming into the match and got brutally more concussed as the match went on. Shane got very badly concussed also because they were supposed to use some, like, trick glass made out of, like, sugar, essentially hardened sugar that Shane was going to get suplexed through. They wound up using, like, bulletproof, like, thick glass instead by accident. And Shane got tossed into it numerous times as they tried to get this glass-breaking spot. Uh, Instead of going through the glass, he just hit his neck and wound up landing on his head multiple times before he was Common mistake. It. I often mix up my sugar glass and my real glass. <laughs> Kurt Angle also <laughs> broke his tailbone during this match in the early stages, and they still continued with it, went through with it. It is one of the most brutal hardcore matches of all time, and just goes to show uh, that Shane McMahon is a guy who will go above and beyond to do the craziest shit possible to make up for the fact that no one is going to believe in him because he's the boss's kid, basically. Yeah. Uh, wears that chip on his shoulder very well and does insane shit. Can't wait to see what he does this year at WrestleMania, but uh, if you want to go and check out one of the best matches of all time, a street fight between Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon from King of the Ring 2001. Excellent. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode. Our roommate is Tubble the Dog. Our producer is Jessica Sands. I'm Justin Morissette. Stephen Hag. John Cullen. Be real. Be good. Be real good. Megadeth. Oh, we, we both close, went with though. the band thing. We yeah. did go with bands. Ah. That half counts, I think. Yeah, I think that was pretty close. Yeah. Yep. Foreigner and Megadeth. I'll give it up. Same genre, I'll right? I'll dap it. Here yeah. comes the money. Money, 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 money. money, money. money. Dollar, dollar. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. How am I doing here? We look have good. you guys ever fucked a chick that became a lesbian? I have one for sure. No. This gorilla that I had sex with. Did you say a gorilla that you had sex with? No, girl. <laughs> and then she became a lesbian because of that? I don't know if it was directly correlated. Oh.